This is literally just what's in my uh, show prep folder. (laughs) This is, I didn't even plan it this way. Zach Abraham's going to join us and he'll help us uh, figure this all out. Item one, Walmart CEO warns that the retail giant could hike prices or shut down some stores if historically high thefts at the chain continue and prosecutors' lax approach to dealing with criminals is not corrected. Okay, that's purposeful. Letting criminals run wild is purposeful. It's one of the things you do when you're attempting to install a cultural revolution, which is what they're doing to us. It's purposeful. The same time as that's going on, this isn't in show prep, it's just from memory. Pritzker, uh, the brother of the man who pretends to be a woman at the Human Rights, uh, what do they call it, the Human Rights Commission? Uh, no, Human Rights Campaign. They're the group of, of perverse billionaires who have been pushing the trans agenda on little kids. So the governor of Illinois, Pritzker, wants to do away with cash bail. Purposeful. Back to the show prep page. This, uh, this conviction of President Trump's business. You want to know the maximum penalty he's going to have to pay? $1.62 million. Want to know what this is for? Bonuses that they decided should have been taxed. Has anyone looked at Washington, D.C.? Bonuses that should be taxed? Have you ever seen the congressional gym that they don't pay for? Have you ever seen their parking that they get at our airports that they don't pay for? Has anyone ever seen the dinners they get invited to, the boards they sit on, the insider trading in which they engage? Joe Biden's multiple houses, Bernie Sanders' multiple houses, Nancy Pelosi's wealth? Item four or three, I've forgotten. From the National Post, Auditor General finds a minimum of $27.4 billion in suspicious COVID benefit payments. Uh, okay, that's from Canada. It's global. We have the same issue here, but probably more money. When you do not force businesses to prove they exist, funny thing, you end up with things like that. You're setting up a circumstance for fraud, where fraud is almost inevitable. This is from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, with a a resolution Marjorie Taylor Greene has offered to audit the tax dollars Americans have sent to Ukraine thus far. And this is the debate. This is about reaffirming our support to the Ukrainian people and their struggle against authoritarianism, their struggle for the simple right to determine their own destiny, and they're sacrificing their lives for it. The least they can expect from us is that we will help them in that effort. We won't fight the fight for them, but we will make sure they have the resources they need to win that valiant fight. So, Mr. Chairman... I join you in opposing transparency. (laughs) I join you in auditing the billions and hundreds of billions of dollars. And I think it will reach a trillion that they send to Ukraine. Incidentally, no word on when they're going to stand with the people of China against the Chinese communist party. 
but it's all just accidental. Now, that's just in my show prep folder. We'll see what Zach Abraham shares with us about the finances of the country and our personal finances as he joins us with the help of Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And when the Lord made this day, he reminded us, I believe it's through the Apostle Paul, that when he made this day, it's an opportunity for us to rejoice. And again, Paul reminds us to rejoice. We do have choice. We get to have shows like this. And despite their best efforts, they have not been able to shut down the Word of God. They never will shut it down. It never will go away. Haven't even been able to shut down little old us and thank the Lord for that. My brother Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management, joins us. Zach, welcome back to the Todd Herman Show. Hey, thank you so much. Great to be here as always, and uh, always look forward to it. Uh, it's wonderful to have you. And I know, look, I got to tell you, Zach gave me a heads up on something he's going to share with us today. And it's a bit of a mind blowing theory. I didn't expect to hear this from him. Uh, but I wanted to get through some of the things, Zach, that, that I, I talked about at the top of the show. Uh, for, and the, the big one for me is we're continuing to see this contrast of, of who gets to do whatever they want and who doesn't. And I'll start here because it's news cycle stuff. You know, President Trump's business, one of them, was convicted of, of, of tax fraud for not reporting things as, as income or as bonuses. But the, 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 the biggest fine they can pay is $1.62 million, which for organizations that size, it's rounding error stuff. Meanwhile, um, Sam Bankman-Fried, Maxine Waters says she doesn't intend to subpoena him. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I know. Meanwhile, um, she has her uh, uh, you know private parking spots at all the airports. They don't pay for that privilege. That's not a benefit. They've got a, a free gym they attend if they want to. That's not a benefit. They've got the congressional um, meals that they get at a stipend level. That's not a benefit. They've got uh, the travel, all of this. And that's that's not seen as – that's not reported to the IRS's benefits. And I look at that and say, how common is it that there are things in great big businesses that are not reported as bonuses, maybe should be. And I'm not saying you should cheat on your taxes, but uh, honestly, how common is it in a great big enterprise that someone forgets a golf trip or something like this is a benefit? Well, I haven't looked into this situation um, intensely just because I've got enough on my own plate right Right, now to deal with markets and stuff like this. But, But I did read some summaries of it. And without having dug into it deeply, what it appeared to me, and, and this just comes from me running my firm. Yeah. Um, and there, and believe it or not, there are similarities because it's treated, it's a real estate firm, but it but it's subject by a lot of the same rules that I am. Um, <clears throat> it looked weak to say the least, meaning one of the things that they got them for was 
you know, illegally having people listed as contractors that should have been employees. Well, the nature of that law is extraordinarily subjective, meaning every employee here at Bulwark fully legally is a, is a contractor. We don't have a single employee. Me and my wife are the only employees and we do that for reasons. And there's, it's not one is better than the other. There's there, it's a yin and yang thing, right? It's not like, Oh, if we're, if we have them all contractors, we've got it made. Um, if you're a contractor, you're not getting the same level of benefits or anywhere close to it that you would as a full-time employee. You're also not protected by some of the same uh, uh, working laws that, yeah. that, that you know. So <clears throat> I was reading through it, and I was – again, I didn't dig into the details, so I can't speak on it. But I think the fines kind of tell the story, the amount, right? If you read it, tax fraud right. and all this kind of stuff, and you're like, whoa, the the – this probably happens at larger companies every single year. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing is the, the tax law has gotten so big that we are all in violation of something at all the, all the time. Exactly. Right? There's, there's no way you can't be. You're, and then there's big part, there's big parts of it that are just really subjective. Right. And I don't think people really understand about the tax law. Like, you know, there's things I've had this conversation with our CPA a hundred times. He's like, well, what can I do? And he goes, that's kind of up in the air. Here's how we generally handle and it. That's, but that's the point. You know, I, we always talk about, I don't always, but I love Mark Stein's quote that uh, tyrannies are always capricious. The people in government love the looseness of that because they can construe it. If it's a friend, Sam Bakeman Freed, oh, young kid made a mistake. Tousled hair, probably just a little too much partying. Yeah, plus look at his heart. I mean, he was funding all the good causes. But Donald Trump is orange and a literal Nazi. Literal yes. Nazi. He is <clears throat> the Nazi party. And, and so they treat it that way. You know, big companies, like when I worked at Microsoft, I think it was an orange badge was the contractor. Uh, there were two non-employee things. A blue badge was uh, an employee, unless you were at Xbox, it was purple badge, and then an orange badge and a green badge. So, the, 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 but they, they, they do this dance where like um, every nine months, you need to take th- three months off. Oh, because now you're not an employee, right? <laughs> so right. I, I know right. They, they'll try to live within that. But let me get to news item numbers because I want to make sure we spend a lot of time with your theory. Um, the... The, the Democrats are against auditing the money that we're sending to Ukraine. And this comes in a news cycle last week where we learned that the Pentagon can't seem to locate two trillion bucks in. Uh, <laughs> we, they don't. Well, they, I mean, I know it's just two trillion where it went. If you had a, a someone on your team and you came and said, hey, um, you know, one of our customers is missing. You know, it's a million dollar account. They're missing uh, a million bucks. Uh, where'd that go? <laughs> Your employee looks at you and goes, you know, I don't know. That, that <laughs> trade error. Yeah. You know, right. trading Whoops. Two uh-huh. trillion bucks. And I look at these comparisons, Zach, and the, they, they legitimately are fighting auditing the money that goes to Ukraine and find me how you look at that charitably. They're saying, oh, it's, it seems like a simple process, but you know, they're fighting a war, etc. But I'm sorry, money goes out. It's supposed to purchase certain things. I know that we have boots on the ground counting those things. And we don't talk a lot about that, but how do you look at that charitably? 
Um, <clears throat> again, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a CPA, but, but yeah. the process, especially when you're dealing with two sovereign governments should be extraordinarily simple and straightforward. Meaning the money was wired from this account at the treasury in this amount. It was received at this end at this amount, bingo, bingo. Now, what I haven't even read about this. What are they object? What are the grounds that they're saying they're objecting to the audit for? Uh, the grounds are that the Ukrainian people are fighting for their life, their lives. So an audit makes sure that all of those dollars get to that <laughs> right end. Right. Right. Yeah. But you can't go. What, what you're essentially you're auditing it to make sure that all the money was getting to where it was supposed to go, where if it all went to where it was supposed to go and you're dying, you're dyed in the wool and you've got the you got the Ukrainian flag on your Twitter right. handle and all that kind of stuff. You should want the audit to make sure all the money got to the Ukrainian people. Right. And I, that, I, that would be a great way to say it. I should have thought of that. That would be a great way to say it. Um, there I is, mean, go ahead. Oh, no, I, this is, this kind of harkens back to the whole crypto thing. And, and, and look, maybe there's an exception to the rule, but it, it is such a concrete thing. And I know, you know, this and, and, and regarding politics, but just rule of thumb guys, if, if 100% of the time you hear somebody pushing back against an audit or, and you immediately short or get out of that asset 99% of the time, that's going to be the right decision. Okay. There's not a good reason to, to not want an audit. When you're ducking an audit, there's a reason period. Um, otherwise you would sit there and yeah. say, yes, come approve, come prove to everybody that I am acting exactly the way that I say that I am and that I'm not misappropriating funds and I can get outside that, that cloud of doubt which does no good to the Ukrainian people, the war effort, anything like that. It, it, when, when you see, it really is that simple. If you hear somebody, if I hear anybody pushing back against an audit of any kind in any kind of investment that I own, I am selling it immediately on those grounds alone. Oh, and no, I, I support that obviously entirely. And I would boil it down just to a personal, let's just take it down from complicated and, and you could, you know, say, Oh, it's very hard. It's not, but let's just take it down to a personal basis. Your wife comes into the, let's say you're late at night, you're in front of your computer and she's your wife walks in the room and you, you you close the monitor. Hey, babe. Hey, what's what's going on? Just doing goes, my Bible study, yeah. honey. What were you looking at? <clears throat> Nothing. Our daily bread. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, I, I gave uh, I, I've been really open that I gave up um, the last time I looked at pornography was, um, gosh, 20, 22, 23 years ago. And good I, for you. Man. Yeah, I had a really good um had a really good way of, of just cementing that, which was understanding that you might be looking at a sex trafficked person. You might be looking at, yeah. a, at someone being raped. And that was it for me. Uh, thank God, Lord brought that to me. Uh, but you, you just bring it down to this personal level of, okay, so you don't want us to know where our money's going. And last thing, I want to get into your theory. There's a couple things that are, are beginning to bubble up and the effects of the culture war. And I'm not expecting great things from the Republicans. I'm sorry. I am very cynical. They've, you know, now they, they have a, the Democrats have a clear majority in the Senate. And yet there's these good sound bites. This is Senator Tom Cotton, uh, Kroger CEO, which, you know, is a very woke company pronouns, et cetera, ad nauseum. Um, he is expecting Republicans to kind of come and help them with some stuff. 
But this situation reminds me a little bit of the situation big tech companies have found themselves in in recent years. Oh, were you asking me that? They've come to Washington. Oh, can you hear this? Oh, I, I, I don't, I, no, I don't hear the audio. Oh, shoot. Uh, so you could hear that. Well, this is Tom Cotton, uh, who is, is exp- talking to the Kroger CEO. And they're talking about all of the thefts and all of the problems and in, in organized theft gang coming in. And Tom Cotton's response is, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry that's happening to you. You know, you guys vote for this stuff. That sucks for you. Now, so, hey, sorry that's happening to you. Nothing we can do. You voted for this. As Barack Obama said, elections have consequences. Right. And then there's this one, which I think is more serious. Um, Not that Kroger's not, but Walmart is saying that they're going to have to shut down entire stores um, or raise, you know, hike prices big time. And that's their bread and butter is, is, you know, uh, quite frankly, some real garbage products at low prices, some good products at low prices too. I actually, um, the Walmart I used to go to here before they played the mask game, I actually thought their consumer electronics place was actually pretty good. Um, yeah. but if that happened and they started to shut these stores down, the way I do the math, that means higher prices in neighborhoods where we hear about food ghettos, et cetera. Um, and how could they not? Because, Zach, I don't If you've seen the Apple store footage where Apple employees are trained, when someone comes in and they start doing smash and grab, do you know what the responsibility of the Apple store employees uh, appears to be? Just get out of the way. No, hold customers back. Oh, really? Yeah. Just oh, so everybody, clear out. From- everybody just let them do, <laughs> let them take what they want. No, no, nobody stop. Don't get in the way. Just, just let it go. So, so what, what does that look like? If this is, if this is continuing to happen in society and the purposeful decision to let criminals run wild, can, can retail support this? I mean, this is major leakage at this point. Yeah. And, and, and one of the other problems is that, you know, again, telling you nothing, you don't know, but margins in retail are really skinny. Yeah. Right. And so you start getting hit on the edges like that. And it really now, and think about what they're dealing with, right? They're dealing with a slowdown in consumer spending. That's already starting to present itself. Yeah. They're dealing with higher interest rates, which is impacting the consumer. And as those things pick up, I would expect the smash and grab, the, the theft is going to just keep going, right? It's going to go up until the laws and the, and the law enforcement officers in these areas change. So, you know, we, we've seen it around this area, you know, Starbucks, which is really funny, uh, you know, Starbucks, which has supported every single one of these causes is shut down multiple locations, downtown Seattle for the same reasons. Yep. Um, you know, and they, it's, it's, you know, these people are eating themselves. And like you said, it's too bad. This is what you voted for. These are the causes you supported. And, um, no, I, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's the ultimate arc of, of this type of government all the time, which is, let it run its course and it eats itself. And yeah. and that's where we're at. And these companies cannot support this. Um, and it will have a, it will have a deleterious impact on everybody because they've got to hike prices across the board, right. To all yeah. their stores to make up for the ones they're getting hit, which yeah. impacts everybody negatively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this whole idea that we can do these things or or make these legislative changes or ridiculous decisions in a vacuum and that it doesn't impact anybody. It's just I, I again, it's I go back to I keep using that term third grade diplomacy. Like it's it's like we got a class full of third graders making policy and then they wonder why it goes awry. And yeah. you're going, Well, 
Jeez. One of the, what were you thinking is going to happen? One of the most um, popular before my accounts were attacked, uh, probably by government, as we're learning, since the FBI had embedded itself at Twitter. And turns out that uh, the thug attorney general in your state, Bob Ferguson, was apparently giving orders on who should have reach in social media and not. And, and gosh, I wonder if he came at me since he tried to get me fired and failed. Uh, I, 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 I just wonder since he hates my, did he lean on? I didn't, I, you and I have never had that talk. Did Ferguson perp, did he individually lean on, on KTTH to unload you? Oh yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. 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 He sent a nasty letter and, and, uh, and then he said I was forced to apologize. And, and he, in his attack on me stated blatant, blatant lies. And I, I proved them and emailed them, emailed them to him. And he and I had a conversation on email. I said, here you go. Here's the proof that you lied. Are you going to apologize? And he said, I don't apologize to people like you, something like that. And oh, yeah, but he, 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 I mean, you know that he of legitimately he tried to get, uh, we're talking about the, the thug attorney general in the separate country of Washington. He legitimately tried to get our friend, uh, Dory Monson fired. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Right. And, 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 but my point about all this was, um, I got to play a fun role in that whole. Episode. I know we'll we'll talk about the whole thing. <laughs> there, there was um, one of the most popular videos I ever made was a very simple video. It was my wife and I out at dinner, and it was at our beloved pizza place down um, down at our house up north uh, near our house up north. And I said, "We're eating pizza. We're sitting here. Look at the beautiful view. There's no one here that's masked. Maybe there's one person. I think come in. No one cares." We are 10 minutes from the Washington state border, 10 minutes. You can't do this over there. And it yeah. made this, it, it, and it was a stupid little video that my wife actually filmed. I was just talking. It was, I don't know, three minutes long. And it got like 200,000 views in uh, wow. like an hour. And I will apply this to you because we're talking about Walmart and all this theft. Um, if you, you would be shocked. I was at a Walmart in a place called Hayden, Idaho, and someone tried to steal some stuff out of the electronics area and went walking out, got to the front of the store, and there are five citizens standing there going, nope, nope. And Zach, that that's not the big difference. Within a minute, three cop cars pull up. And that's yeah, it. that ain't gonna fly in Idaho. <laughs> no, but but and it's just and, and someone said actually while they were arrested, the guy someone said, "Dude, why didn't you go to Washington State? Where are the people there?" And you and you see the look on the criminal's face, and he wanted to fly like with the f bomb at the guy, but he looked at him, he's like, and he had this realization, he's like, "Oh, garbage. That's right. I'm like a half hour from the criminal paradise." All right, we'll come yeah. back. We'll talk uh, the Zach Abraham's theory. Uh, about if we want our government to start acting responsibly, it has something to do with our currency. And I'll introduce that by that, that topic and, and Zach's theory on this by asking Zach about a group that beat the market. Zach, they beat the market and they, in fact, invested $290 million in equities in 2021 and they beat the market. So weird that they did that. So we'll talk about that with Zach Abraham. Uh, incidentally, I've been telling people uh, with this year ends, uh, it is going to get, look at the things we just talked about today, Zach and I, it's going to get nuts and even more chaotic. So you have now just a couple of weeks to get set to make sure your portfolio is going to withstand the chaos economy. I mean, you want to know that, right? And Zach's firm is predicated upon risk management because look, I don't care how fast 
your, you know, your jet boat is. You're, you could have the fastest jet boat. You could have a dual jet boat on one of the big lakes up here. And if it has a hole in it, it's not that fast anymore, is it? And I don't care how strong the big muscles in your body are. If you've got a little tiny tear in like an MCL and you're squatting 500, you're going to break. Right. And it's this compare this to retirement with what's coming. Like, does your retirement have a proper roof? Does it have a proper foundation? And by the way, even if you're retired, if you're over the, if you're 58 years of age or older, you can transfer your 401k to Bulwark Capital Management and that's not a taxable event. So find out. Don't live with uncertainty. Call Bulwark Capital Management and have them look at your portfolio and analyze it for risk management and can it make it to the chaos economy so easy to do it's just a phone call call zach and his team at 866-779-RISK that's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com okay here we go Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Board Capital Management is an investment advisor representative. Tech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. <laughs> I'm getting to be a pro at that, man. You know what it's, I found out other guys do? You know what they do? They actually have... They it, speed it up. Yeah, they do, but they also have it pre-recorded. Yes, yes. So, and they add it in there. Nobody does a live read like that. <laughs> uh, all right. So who do you think the group was that beat the market with their, what did I say, 269... Yeah, two hundred ninety million uh, that they bought in twenty twenty one alone, and they beat Congress. Boom. Yep, got it, got it. Did, did it say how they did? Did I, I want to know if they outperformed me? Because uh, I beat the market, not by a lot. Well, I beat it by two percent. Actually, you aren't in the article, so I'll write a harshly worded letter. <laughs> I'll, I'll write a harshly worded letter about that. But no, it's funny because some of their some of their investments were really interestingly timed. And want to know one of the top uh, guys because he'd never be insider trading. Dan Crenshaw, no. no. No, because he no. wears an eye patch and he has rifles yeah. and he served the country in the military. So he couldn't have turned. There's a whole bunch of Republicans on this list. And um, it is a very, very, you know, it, it's it's slimy. Um, and oh. it, it, it shows that they're timing this to investments. Incidentally, um, Crenshaw just bought a lot of tech. He bought the th- big three tech companies. Um, hmm. So I wonder what that's going to mean. But, yeah, that's the group. And you you were saying – if we want our government to stop stepping on our throats um, so that we could breathe, you said we should do something with our currency. And this sort of blew my mind. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I've talked to you about this before. This has been a long road for me. Um, trying to get a deeper understanding of the way, the way the financial system actually works. You know, we have this idea of investments go up and down, but I don't think enough people pay attention to the plumbing, right? Like how does money move around? Because at the end of the day, people need to remember that regardless of what the asset or the asset class is, if more capital is flowing into that asset or investment or asset class or whatever the case may be, if more capital is flowing in than is going out, it doesn't matter what the actual value of that asset is. The price of it's going to go up, right? And so having to get to a point where you really understand the way money's moving around the world, and the way money's moving into markets. And what spawned that for me was coming out of the financial crisis, watching quantitative easing, watching the $900 billion in bailouts, watching all these things. We actually did pretty well during the financial crisis. We're up about 20%. And then we went hard into precious metals and gold coming right out of it. And that was a boon until about the end of 2011. 
And lucky enough, we got out of there and sidestepped it, not because we understood how far it was going to drop, just because I just thought it was a good time to take a breather and maybe get back in a little later. But it never recovered. Gold ended up going from 2,000 an ounce all the way down to 1050. The inflation never showed up. And so this spurned about a three-year deep dive, and I've continued it since, trying to understand, wait a second, how are they printing all this money? And this, how are they, and, and we're, we don't have inflation, right? We're getting our cake and eating it too. Like, how, how does this work? And what I quickly began to realize is that the dollar is not like every other currency. It is the world reserve currency. People are talking about, oh, one day we're going to have a, a one world currency. We're there, guys. We have a one world currency. It's called the US dollar. And one of the things, I don't know if you and I talked about this, but, um, there, there's been an odd correlation between the rhetoric coming out of China, lockdowns, and the movement of the U.S. dollar. If we look back just a month and a half ago, Xi Jinping was ramping up the rhetoric about Taiwan, right? He was getting more belligerent. The COVID lockdowns were intensifying. And just in the space of a month and a half, all of a sudden that settled down. Well, the dollar index also backed off from 116 down to 105. Right, which makes perfect sense to us. So what I think, and then also Biden and Z had never spoken. And it was announced about three weeks ago that they were meeting for the first time, right in the midst of the dollar easing. And I looked at it and I go, hey, call me crazy. But the move on the and the dollar index does not move like that. It's it's a one percent move on this index in a day is a big deal. It started dropping one and a half to two percent daily moves all of a sudden, and there was nothing that happened that would warrant that, right? Like the, the dollar can go up and down. It's a market. It can do its own thing. But when you see the dollar getting kneecapped and none of the conditions around it that drove it that high are getting are getting relaxed, it's just. I looked at it and, you know, you watch markets long enough and you sit there and go, that's odd. So there's something doesn't add up here. So then that, you know, and that kind of married up with something going, going into the financial crisis, the federal reserve had eight swap lines set up with separate central banks. What's now that, what a swap. That? Okay, good. I was going to ask yeah, the swap line. So, so what a swap line is, is it's it gives so let's say and one of those one of those banks was the Bank of England right if the Bank of England was having an intense dollar shortage okay the only way for them to get more dollars is to go into the market sell their pounds for dollars the problem with that is it's a self reinforcing cycle right the more dollars they need the more pounds they have to sell the more pounds sterling they have to sell which pushes the price of the pound down even farther and this is the same dynamic that existed back in the 80s when drucken miller and soros broke the bank of england right was that when and soros so- got did he get in trouble for that was that the one where because he was going around sinking world economies uh, yeah, he didn't get in trouble for that one. His attack on the his attack on the pound was was legitimate. They, okay, that that okay. was that was okay. Um, and Drucken Miller was actually the one that architected that trade. Who's, in my opinion, the most brilliant money manager of all time. He's since split with Soros because they have a lot of disagreements for probably similar reasons that you and I disagree with Soros. Okay, um, because he's safe. but anyway. Yeah, I mean, Druckenmiller <laughs> wouldn't say that, but yeah. Druckenmiller is not a control guy. He okay. doesn't believe in authoritarianism and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, 
So going into the financial crisis, so what the Fed's answer was, hey, you know, we've got to stop this from happening. So we're going to set up swap lines. So if 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 the Brits need money, they can take gilts, which are their version of treasuries there. They can take U.S. treasuries. They can take pound sterling. They can put it up as collateral and they can borrow the dollars from the Fed. Therefore, they don't have to go into the open market, right? Oh. Okay, so so it keeps them from having to get their currency pounded even harder. Okay, so now going so then by the financial crisis, we had eight swap lines set up with other countries as of today, since the financial crisis, we have 30 swap lines set up with other countries. Now, I was digging in. I cannot confirm this and nobody can because the Fed would never report it and the Fed's not audited. So there's no way of knowing. But from some back channel people that. I think are highly credible uh, that are in the know that have contacts. The word on the street is, is that if you look back to 08, 09, the swap lines got hit to the tune of $9 trillion in 08, 09, right? And then over the next couple years, the Fed just forgave the loans. They just gave them $9 trillion. They didn't even make them. They didn't even collect the collateral. Oh. Okay. So now when you see what's been going on now, when I see the dollar getting kneecapped the way it was, I jokingly said on a show a few months back, you know, I, I like made that sniffing sound. I was like, man, I can smell the Fed burning up the swap lines from here. But when you watch that dollar index pull back, my theory is, is Biden's doing everything he can to hold this thing together until the next election season, right? And Really, to get the global economy any footing, they got to get China back into the fold. Now, I don't think they really fully understand the financial pressure that China's under, but one of the biggest pressures they're under is the dollar. So as you now, if you go back and do this, anybody can do this. Go pull up a chart of the DXY, the dollar index, and follow the reports coming out of China and watch how the rhetoric and the lockdowns increase as the dollar index goes up. That makes perfect fundamental sense because as the dollar goes up, right, they can afford to purchase less and less commodities, less and less food. Well, we've all learned what's the best way to suppress commodity demand. It's COVID lockdowns, right? right. So, so, and if you and if you just unbiasedly look at the chart of the dollar, and and look, I'm not I'm not I'm not making any conclusions here. I'm just telling you what what I see on the charts. And as it goes up, you can chart it with the rhetoric. Then it peaks. He's out there talking about Taiwan. He's ramping up that rhetoric. It's rallying the price of oil even harder. Dollars going. Then all of a sudden, the dollar just starts getting kneecapped out of nowhere. Kneecapped out of nowhere. Breaks 110. It gets announced that Z is going to meet with Biden. Hits 105. They're relaxing the COVID lockdowns. Um, I think we kneecapped our currency on purpose to try to get China back into the fold. And so this kind of set off. A th uh, I've been really thinking about this. And this goes along with my theory of the, the risk. Everybody's got the risk as it relates to the dollar wrong. The risk to the dollar not being the world reserve currency is not the dollar falling in price. That is exactly what China wants. If the, if the dollar got kneecapped by 40 to 50%, China, Russia, Brazil, the break, you wouldn't hear any talk of getting off the dollar standard. There's, there's no reason to. It's like a giant tax cut for the rest of the world. What will make the dollar not be the world reserve currency is when it goes parabolic. What's that mean? Right. People need to understand parabolic. 
when it shoots through the roof, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and the reason, guys, that that happens is because you need commodities. As another, you China has to have food. They have to have oil, right? They will buy them at whatever price they're at. You know, commodities have what we call massive price elasticity, meaning you can move the prices in very wide ranges and demand doesn't change, right? Because you got to turn on your car, you got to turn on your lights, you got to heat the house, right? Same with food. Food well, has massive price well, elasticity. Well, well, let's just this. Is, well, I would just make one exception. Um, China doesn't care about killing mass numbers of of, of peasants. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a form of political policy, right? Right. So I just want I mean, to show that. have that little caveat uh, in place. Uh, but I want to get to your what you're arguing here in a second. But I just I want to I want to lay something else out there because I want you to say what you what you told me. I want you to come back from this partner announcement. I want you to drop it on the table and just let people just have the shock I did if they're going to be shocked. But I want to I want to tell you this. Did you read about Oxfordshire, England and the uh, trial run they're going to do beginning in 2023? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. They are going to be putting uh, locked gates on neighborhoods um, and you're going to have to ask permission to leave uh, if the climate's at risk. It's called, I believe it's called the two mile project. They do not want you to go more than two miles from home and they're going to go around and build gates around communities. And this is just add this to the list of things that I was called the, you know, what for, uh, I was a yep. something theorist for saying that they were going to do this, but the world economic forum put out a video and they were showing the world, Hey, look how nice it is that nobody could work. Kids can't go to school. Look how much better the world is without all you stinking vulgars. So, you know, you talk about dollar elasticity and you talk about uh, this this rhythm of China's lockdowns in the dollar world. They're getting ready to do this. The trial run is just with one community in England. But don't tell me your dictator over there. Jay Inslee's not licking the blood off his chops on that one. Zach Abraham's with us. He's going to drop it on the table in just a second here. What he's saying, what he's saying is going to be good for us. We're going to have to take our medicine. Um, I don't know if you know this, Zach, but, um, <clears throat> you know, our friend, our mutual friend, Tim Cruikshank at, uh, at Bonefrog Coffee, <clears throat> he has uh, he has now done an incredible earth-shaking thing. Zen Frog is now decaf. And when Tim did this, he used the Swiss water process. Because ordinary decaf, the way they get the caffeine out of the coffee beans is a terrible chemical intensive process. And that's why that coffee often tastes so bad. So Tim has taken great care to take some of the best sourced beans from multiple countries in South America and the South. And to put this into this coffee so that it maintains that incredible taste with the Swiss water process. That's number one. Zen Frog is now decaf. Now, I get it. I don't drink decaf. I told Tim I'll try this just for the taste so I can be honest with you. But get this. Hey, Zach, do you know what a door kicker is in the military door kicker? Yeah. Yeah. The first dude through. Right. right? Do you know what they call the area in which the door kicker stands before he kicks the door? What the seals call that? No. What do they call it? Cone of death. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So he has released the, yeah, right. And it makes sense, right? Because it could be an IED. It could be a bunch of people with guns. It could be, uh, you know, whatever. And so he has launched the door kicker coffee brand and it is actually in honor uh, of those guys who go out and do that. And it's so funny. Uh, Tim's 25 year Navy veteran, Navy SEAL. Every now and then the SEAL comes out with him, uh, like comes out through him. And I said to him, I said, so that door kicker job, that sounds like tough duty. He goes, yeah, it's pretty hard. 
It's kind of, then, then he says, yeah, it's a rush. Uh, he goes, that's, 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 a, that's a real rush. He goes, those guys, he goes, those guys, it's tough duty, but it's a real rush. I'm like, yeah, I can see the rush part of it. So if you want to honor these guys, all the SEALs, right? It's bonefrog.us. It's a site Tim and I built together. Actually, we don't build anything. Our teams built it that way. We all know that we're square up. Look, the suggestion is this. If you've had the coffee and you love it, just upgrade to a subscription. You save 5%. You never run out of coffee. And remember, 10% of proceeds go to help the families of fallen Navy SEALs. So you've got that. You've got God, country team on the bags. If you haven't yet tried it, make this the season you try it. And man, you talk about a gift. You got friends who admire the military, give them the, the door kicker brand and talk about the cone of death. It's bonefrog.us. Bonefrog.us. All right, Zach, just lay it out. What are you trying to say, my brother? What is it that you that you kind of want to see happen? Okay, so <clears throat> if if we want if we want to rein in our own government and see a return to sound finance and adherence to budgets and um, uh, restraint, if we want to suppress authoritarianism, we're all rooting for exactly the wrong thing. What we should be rooting for is the dollar no longer being the world reserve currency. And as crazy as that sounds, bear with me and I'll explain it as, qu- as quickly and as succinctly as I can. Okay. When the reason we're able to print seven trillion out of thin air, now it caused inflation, right? But nowhere near what it should. I mean, you printed one third of the size of your economy in like a three month period of time. Right? I mean, they, they, that should be a death knell for a currency. The reason it's not is because every country on the face of the earth has to buy the dollar to continue international trade settlements, Ah, whether they like it or not. There it is. They have to. So that is what gives our government the ability to talk about MMT. That's what gives them the ability to print $7 and lock our entire economy down. That's what gives them the cover to do all this because they're not out there competing against other currencies like everybody else is. If you're down, China hates us. They have to have massive amounts of dollars or they can't buy food and fuel. Japan has to have dollars. Europe has to have dollars. And so what the Fed is doing and why I was explaining the swap lines is they are, in my opinion, illegally giving money that belongs to the U.S. taxpayers. And they're justifying it by if we allow, if we don't hit these swap lines up. Right. If we don't give these guys what they need, the dollar is going to go too high. It's going to break the world. And that will end us being the world reserve currency. Right. If you, if the dollar causes a global depression, that will be the end of it is the world reserve currency. So they're not trying to support the value of the dollar. They're trying to suppress it. They're trying to hold it down. And as long as they have that ability, as long as they are not responsible on the fiscal side, as long as they can run trillion dollars, you're, you're looking at current interest rates. The interest on our debt next year is going to be a trillion dollars. Do you hear anybody worried about it? No, because they just print it. It's it's not going to impact the value of it. The, right? There's so, everybody still has to buy it. So this is the college loan scandal thing, uh, but it's multiplied by a trillion. The college, not the college loan scandal, the cost of college. Gosh, why does the cost of college continue to go up? Oh, I don't know because the government continues to guarantee that they're going to have cash flow. 
right? Why is the cost of healthcare go up? Oh, I don't know because the mobbed up insurance and pharma companies went and wrote Obamacare and said, pay us for things you're never, ever going to use in your life. Um, and we'll charge you for the things you have to use. We'll find ways to not pay. Okay. So it is forcing and people to purchase it. products they don't want at prices they can't afford. But in this case, for things yeah. they have to have. Well, and one of the things that's baking guys like you and my brains and probably the vast majority of your listeners' brains is you're sitting there going, what these people are attempting to do is economic suicide. They have to know this. Uh Uh-uh. Not if you have a magic money printing machine that you can print literally money to no end and not have to worry about currency debasement. Well, they've said I've played played the sound bits on the show. It was a Fed – one of the uh, regional bank chairs saying, look, there's no shortage of cash. We have infinite cash. We have yeah. infinite cash. But uh-huh. Janet Yellen, you heard her at the beginning of the week. She figured out what causes inflation. Did you hear this? Oh, God, no, I didn't. <laughs> you. It's yeah, I've been try- It's American splurging. After the, the politically motivated, politically targeted lockdowns of school kids, churches, uh, and gyms, uh, and small businesses, so all the things that destroy life could do so much better. Um, she's frustrated with people that they went out and started buying stuff, and she said Americans need to stop splurging. That's that's <laughs> that's the that's that's how inflation has come about. It's just and I, if you stinking peasants wouldn't go buy stuff, right? Isn't it remarkable? Yeah, we yeah, there'd be no problems. It's the folks' faults, right? Uh, it, it doesn't have anything. To, I mean, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact just you threw around seven trillion dollars and made it rain like a like a a rap star at a strip club. No, look, I don't. You think, know, what I mean, like, I, I wonder how many people. You know, you talk inflation, um, and sometimes I try to explain this as if you walk into a store and um, or let's look, you know what it is? It's it's discount bin. Look, here's inflation. If you want to go buy Hillary Clinton's latest book, right? You go into a store, you walk straight to the discount bin, and it's 93 cents, plus they'll give you a back rub, and uh, they'll wash your feet for you, right? Sure. If, if, you, yeah. if you take the book off their hands. Or the, did you see this? The government is getting N95 masks, finally, distributed on a mass basis, and they're putting them in stores, but they're saying, please only take three Right. Oh, and they're doing this now. So this is inflation. This is like, well, I don't need those stinking masks. Right. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't need a Hillary Clinton book. And when that's and it's I mean, obviously, people want dollars and they need them. But when it's this widely available, why would you why would you place any value on it? And don't tell me that China and England and these people don't know exactly what our Fed is doing. They know exactly what what we're doing, and by the way, it, it's it's so counter. This this is what drives me nuts about this. Every time we talk about this on any topic, everything they do is it is adverse to God. I can simply go to Deuteronomy, um, chapter yeah. eight, seventeen and eighteen. You may say to yourself, "My power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me," but remember the Lord your God, for He is who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And these guys are, are, are boom, conjuring digits. And I'll tell you, I really struggle with this because I don't want it to happen because everybody thinks they're prepared. But I'm here to tell you, very few people are really prepared for a collapse. And I, I, I pray it doesn't happen. But if this collapse came, one of the side effects of this would be the things God produces would once again be valuable, plus rednecks. 
Because everybody yes. hates a redneck till the car breaks down, right? And that's right. Right. This is someone gave me a bumper strip. Or the fight it. starts, right? right? Or the fight starts, right? Every, yeah. yeah, everybody hates the redneck until the the, the fist starts swinging. Then it's Baba help, that's right? right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and that's part of me wants that. There's a great book called The Dog Stars. Have you ever read this? <sighs> no, I haven't. I'm. I've heard of oh it. Oh my though. goodness. If they could ever get this license for a movie, right. it's so, so good. Um, there's two guys into the world and it turns out there's some other people and that's, I'm not giving anything away, but very few number of people. North America has been hit by a flu and it has affected North America, but not other quote races of people. And huh. it's down to just these few people left. And one guy, his whole life, he has been begging for this to happen. Oh, he's, and he's in his element and he loves it. And the other guy never wanted this to occur, but it turns out he's incredibly smart. He's been an outdoorsman his whole life. He's, you know, uh, he's just prepared to live in this way. And the book is a study on what this guy who ultimately he wanted this to happen on what happens when he finally gets what he wants. And the guy who did not want it, he never want to see this day. It's a study on him and it's two men and their approach to this. And it's really fascinating. So part of me, like part of me, I, I want to be really careful because I don't want to collapse because I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm good to go. Yep. I've got food storage. I've got water. I've got access to wildlife. I've got fish. There's exactly one access point to our neighborhood. We've got a 270 degree view when we're up north, down south. It's a 360 degree view. No one's getting to us without seeing with us seeing you. Um, and. Uh, I would like to see people finally go back and say, what is true value? I know you and I have talked about this before, not the hardware store, but you know what true value is? Water, food, shelter, uh, love, um, obviously God's word. But these guys, they think they're conjuring value. And I know this requires supposition, um, but do you think that they think they're conjuring value or do you think they're absolutely terrified technocrats who know the house is burning down? They know that if we knew the amount of theft and skullduggery they pulled on us, that they would be in that, that, that people would come with pitchforks and and torches like because that's my theory. Oh. They're, they're terrified. They know they've burned the house down. They know they've raided the liquor cabinet. And if mom and dad find out, mom and dad are going to be upset. Oh, yeah. Like the stuff that I'm telling you, I mean, you know, this it, and, and <clears throat> some of it is speculation on my part. Some of it is plain that you can just see. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, why do you need 30 swap lines? Like what? We, there, there is no good reason. Right. There, there is no good reason. The yeah. reason is, is so you can control your currency. Right. And. The reason and and the and you made it a reference earlier about China knows what they're doing, Britain knows what they're doing. They do, but but in a lot of ways they're cheering it on as well, of course, because they're all in cahoots, right? They 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 are all pushing this whole green energy agenda, and they know that to push this new reset to do it, they need to. Be, it's kind of like the Marshall Plan, man. We're, we're kind. I, I think what we're, we're in their minds, what what this is, is it's kind of like the Marshall Plan. We went in after World War II and we re rebuilt Europe on the U.S. dollar, right? Because right. everybody else's economy was smoked, right? Well. We're the only ones that can finance this green energy. So you look at a swap line, Todd, 
maybe a swap line is just financing for the green energy push around the world to the rest to the rest of the world so their currency doesn't get smoked in the process right so they can they can invest in non-economically viable things which is what all this green energy esg push is right they can invest in that without blowing up their own currency yeah and that's it that that is what is happening and what's allowing that to happen is the fact that the dollar is the world reserve currency if the dollar wasn't the world reserve currency they wouldn't be able to do this yeah. because we we the world would start looking at the dollar they would look at our balance sheet they would look at our deficits and our dollar would be getting killed now it wouldn't be fun in the short run but the pitchforks would come out because that's how you'd see the inflation and the depreciation of the dollar would be the re- realization that they emptied the liquor cabinet, right? That's right. that would be the the thing coming off. So I, I understand people, oh, the world reserve. And I'm like, guys, the fact that we're the world reserve currency is exactly what allows them to do all of yeah. these uneconomic activities and to control us and, and to continue to pinch us. Right. So I guess I'd say this. If you ever wonder what it's like to live inside of a pyramid scheme. <laughs> right yeah right when we're we, here well, i want to ask you um i'm going to ask you to think about this as we wrap this up what is your favorite aspect we're shifting gears your favorite aspects of um people say the christmas story but it's not a story of um the facts about christmas okay. right and and how you celebrate that in your home and how you try to convey that favorite part of that uh, to your kids Zach Abraham's with us. Um, There is, man, the beautiful relationship between this podcast family and the partners. Uh, I was talking to John, who is the dad of Alan and Alan Soaps, and a gentleman was having a login issue. And so something was going on at the website. And John took the time to call him. Or, or the gentleman called him. I'm not sure which, but they had a fantastic conversation as they're going through and solving this issue. And I've heard just countless stories. Uh, a woman went to alansoaps.com slash Todd and she, she stocked up on a bunch of stuff. And, you know, if you, if you know the story, you know. But if you're new to the story, uh, there's a young man named Alan. He's uh, 12 now. He's on his seventh surgery. There's probably another God forbid, but there might be another dozen in his life. And he is the happiest, most joyful, uh, gosh, resilient, hardworking young man. He legitimately invents these soaps, many of the fragrances, not all of them, but he invents them from things that are meaningful to him. Now, this is why this is so potent, okay? Because Alan can't really speak because he's so high on the autism scale. It's very difficult for him to form sentences. So when something impresses itself upon him, like the cedarwood jasmine scent of his grandmother's keepsake uh, box, you know, a chest that embedded itself. And that means so much to Alan that it comes out in this very manly smelling soap. And there's other more feminine scents. There's a non-scented soap, but that's so potent because he can't speak, but his soap is this way of speaking. So this woman loads up her cart. She gets all this stuff and she notices uh, she hits buy and it's alansoaps.com slash Todd. It's on the way. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice the shipping. Oh no, this is like, this is, wait, this is weird. This is wrong. And, and she's like, oh my gosh, now I've got to figure out how to call them and the customer service. And oh no. And, and I want to buy this product because I love the company and all lives matter and Alan's lives matter. And she gets an email in about 10 minutes from the company. Hey ma'am, uh, there is this, the shipping should not be this much. We just noticed this. 
Um, can we have you go back in and make these changes? We'll do this on our side. And within 10 minutes, taken care of. No one does this. But this is the relationship that we're building in alansopes.com slash Todd. And I just want you to picture in a stocking of a little kid who has a special need, they get Alan Soaps and a picture of Alan and the story of Alan. He works there every day. He is the chief soap officer. Think of families with special needs kids, young kids, and they put these limits on them. Oh, my gosh, my son or my daughter, they'll never do these things. No, Alan works every day. Loves to play Minecraft. He can be mischievous. He's a kid, but he works every day. Just think about how that can just really shine at Christmas time. It's alansopes.com slash Todd. You get 10% off everything there when you use my name. alansopes.com slash Todd. Use Todd as the promo code. All right. So, Zach, um, in terms of the, the Christmas events and the birth of the Lord Jesus, uh, in, in Scripture, is there something that stands out to you that's your, that's your favorite part or the most meaningful part for you? Um, I, you know, the, I, I feel the, the, the thing that gets me, uh, is the humility of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel myself getting a little bit, um, emotional talking about it. Uh, there, there's a song, there's a, there's a Christmas song. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but the, the chorus is something along the lines of, of quiet, soft, and slow, uh, talking about how that's how Jesus came to the you know, came to earth, right? Like a, like a winter snow. And, uh, oh man, I get, I get choked up talking about it. It's good. Um, it's good. The, 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 the son of God that came to do us all that kind of service, uh, you know, being laid in a manger in a barn, um, you know, and then following it up later in his life, riding into town on a donkey. Yeah. It's just, it's that constant reminder of, don't get too caught up in the things of this world, be in it and not of it and keep your focus on what's important because the package that you arrive in and the means in which you arrive in have absolutely no bearing on the importance of the job that you're trying to do. That's so well said. And quite often there's a negative correlation, right? Um, And it's just on a, on, and not just during Christmas, but especially during that time, it's the humility of it all. Yeah. The fact that our God had the humility to come experience what we did. And unlike so many other religions, he's not asking us to do anything he didn't do. Yeah. He went um, first in everything. In everything. And he's not even asking us to do as much. Right. You know, judge not lest ye be judged. He's not even, he's not even asking us to be the judges. Yeah. Right. Um, but the humility of it. And like I said, I get choked up talking about it. But just when when I know the impact and the, and, and the way God saved me and done so many amazing things in my life um, and I catch myself getting uppity or arrogant at times or whatever, just running into that again and going, whoa, yeah. whoa, slow your roll, dude, because yeah. uh, that's that's not that's not the way that we need to be. And, and we've got. Uh, the best example ever. So that, that's that's my far, favorite, most impactful part of the season. Uh, I love that it's preposterous. I love that yeah. if you were going to fake a religion, right? <laughs> yeah. If you sought out to fake a religion, I, I love that it would be this preposterous thing of, wait, wait, the first people to visit God were stinking shepherds? Because we <laughs> think of shepherds romantically, right? Oh, yeah. the, the good shepherd. And we think of... Um, you know, the, we have the, the nativity scenes and I like our shepherds in our nativity scene, but they were the dregs. 
Yeah. Because they stunk yeah. because they were out in the wilderness. And I mean, Hey, funny thing, they didn't have baths out there and there was sheep and they're sleeping on the ground. And yeah. yet he shows yeah. himself to them because you know, that was planned. Um, and the preposterous nature of it just, just continues. Wait, his parents were who? Hold on. Yeah. Wait. wait. So wait, people thought that, that Mary was messing around. And the Lord came to a woman who lived then under suspicion that she was an adulteress, mm-hmm. right? And that takes mm-hmm. then a special meaning later when the Lord, you know, people are about to stone um, this woman who'd been caught in adultery. And mm-hmm. I, I love that because that little baby, wait, hey, you know what? People thought this about my mom. Now, maybe, and mm-hmm. he knew, he knew if the woman was guilty because he was God. Um, but th- a couple things about that is the Lord is sort of like, so where's the man? Uh, and then, and I don't know if you know about this, this tradition, but when the Lord Jesus kneels, you know, and he, he runs his finger through the sand. Do you know what the tradition is about that? That what he was doing? I've heard this before, but refresh yeah. my memory. And he was the tradition. And this is tradition. I'm not saying it's scripture. It's tradition is that the first time he kneeled, he started to write the names of the men surrounding the woman. Yes. And then, yes. then he stands and then he kneels again. And he says, so let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And he kneels. And then he starts writing the sins of the men. <laughs> because in order to cast a stone, you could not have been guilty of the same sin. And it was the oldest who left first. So I could see the old men going, oh, wait, he's just about to get to that thing that I had with this other lady and I'm leaving uh. Right. And yeah. I think about the, the preposterousness of so you had your son born to a woman who was going to be seen as an adulteress. And then Joseph, you know, they stopped writing about Joseph. And again, tradition is that Joseph died. So now it's a single mom. Right. And a carpenter. And it is just so utterly preposterous. And then from a marketing sense, I don't know about you. you we have a mutual friend, John Curley on radio. John's mm-hmm. a very successful, super successful auctioneer, entrepreneur. And he has a saying, um, what was it? Produce for the masses, eat with the rich. Produce for the rich, eat with the masses, right? Mm-hmm. If you're producing products that only a few people can buy, it's very difficult to make a lot of money in that, but you produce something everybody can buy. The Lord Jesus went entirely against that. This little baby, yeah. right? Born to people, a woman that people thought was an adulteress um, in these low circumstances, first visit is from the stinking shepherds. Plus, he's from Nazareth. Nothing good came from Nazareth. No. And then when he is getting notoriety, you know there were people coming and saying, hey, um, you know Jesus, right? We've got a thing. Uh, some guys, we get together, and you know, it's kind of the, the, the right people. They'll say that a lot in D.C., by the way. You get invited yeah. to an event. So who's going to be there? Well, the right people. Yeah. You, you get them yeah. want to come. And he said, no. <laughs> it's like, no. I, what are you going to do? I'm going to go up in the hills. I'm going to go see the hill people. And yeah. I, so I, it, to me, it all begins like you with that humility, but also this, yeah, you know what? I'm going to make it preposterous. And I dare you to, I dare you, right. To really dig into it and find the fakery. So we spend yeah. some time going through um, Isaiah 43. We spend some time on the fulfilled um, prophecies. And then of course we read, um, you know, we read, I'd like to read all the gospel accounts of the birth of Christ. And that means so much to me. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to this um, next week. I want to spend some time on the, um, we've talked about this uh, occasionally, but on the conflict that you face, it's not, the, it's not a conflict, but 
at Bulwark, there's times that you do investments and sometimes like companies that you don't particularly like. I know that you have guardrails and you said, look, I'm out. If they're not going to take audits or they're selling, you know, they're a porn company, we're out. You've said that very clearly. Uh, but sometimes there's big companies that you have to trade with because other, to do otherwise would be negligent for your clients. Um, yeah. 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 No, I think this is a hot topic and it's someone that we've had with a couple of our clients. And I think that there's a lot of, first of all, um, you know, I've heard people say, I don't want to own these companies and I go, okay, so you don't want to own those companies. You don't want to own companies that do what they do. And they go, well, I don't want to own any companies that do what they do. And I go, okay, well, you just knocked out 90% of the S and P 500. Okay. So like people need to realize that, um, that we, we're, we're, first of all, when you invest in a company, you're not investing in a company. You're buying that share. When you buy a share of Google, none of that money goes to Google. Okay. So you're not, you're not supporting Google. You're buying that money for, you're buying that share from somebody else. Um, and if what we have to, you know, as long as something isn't illegal, Google's business is not illegal. Do I like the, do I like the things that their officers invest in? Do I like the funds that their officers, you know, one of my employees made a really good point. He goes, okay, so you don't want to buy those companies. How do you feel about us government bonds? And he goes, so you, you don't, you don't want to buy that company because they donated to uh, Planned Parenthood. You know who donates the most money to Planned Parenthood? The U.S. Yeah. government. Yeah. Right. So, unfortunately, would I like to only invest in companies where I philosophically believe in them? Absolutely. But unfortunately, I'm a fiduciary of other people's money. And if we build them a portfolio that corresponds with every one of their values, but destroys their retirement five years into it, we've done them no service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's so, so, wow. That's beautiful. I think you just, I think you just explained it, but I think it'd be interesting to talk to the degree about like uh, big companies like BlackRock that um, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to av- avoid that <clears throat> being a fiduciary <clears throat> and, and everybody knows how much I loathe uh, what Fink, I always end up calling him Ken. He should change his name for me. I'll, I'll write him a letter. Uh, what Larry Fink does. Cause he's, I think he, there's so much evil done through him, but that was, no, I agree. And we own nothing of black. That, that's an easy one to buy stuff. We don't own anything of them with them, of them, by them, for them, because of those reasons. All right. So we'll yeah. talk uh, next week about this and talk about it in detail. And thank you so much for the time. It's always a pleasure with you. And uh, go with God's good grace. And just embrace your family, man. Go go share those tears with them. I'm going to. All I'm right. going to. All right. Thanks, pal. Yeah, thank you. This is the Todd Herman Show. And thank you guys, too. Um, we have some affiliate announcements coming up for the national radio show. I did one this week. The place I started my talk radio career is going to be an affiliate. I'm so excited. Some others coming. Um, so that continues to grow courtesy of God and of you. This is the Todd Herman show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and hey, give some thought. So what is the most meaningful portion of the Christmas event that you think you should share? What's that one thing that could maybe change a heart, uh, to look at Christmas as the way it should be seen, which is, is the birth of the Lord, the Lord, the Messiah, our savior, the Lord Jesus.